Hello and welcome to the Villa Talks podcast. Welcome to the pre-match social. I'm back with the boys with AJ and Sam this week. No Carl. Um, unfortunately, you couldn't make it. Uh, but we've got a, a action-packed show for you. Action-packed, can you say that about a uh, podcast? I'm not sure. But um, action-packed show nonetheless. We've uh, got to talk about the Chelsea game. going to talk about the Everton game. Uh, do a little bit of a deeper dive uh, analysis of it after the, uh, the sort of post-match reactions we, we normally do. Um, and talk about the May night game, obviously, although I, I was saying to AJ off air, we can just take last year's pod and just put it in because it'd pretty much be the same. Um, and, um, and of course, Villa Vault, I'll see what Sam's got uh, up his sleeve for us as well. Uh, before we start, um, how are we feeling, boys? Good. Positive after last night. Good, good. AJ, you good? Villa-wise, yeah, feeling very positive. You know, per- personally, I've got a bit of a cold. I'm a bit tired. I've already, I've already got my pajamas on. I'm uh, straight to bed after this. You could thing. do without this pod, could you? To be honest, yeah, yeah. Be frank. Well, well, it's, it's kind of a bit of a, a tribute to the original Stato, of course, who was always in his pajamas on uh, fantasy true. football as well. Very so. true. Yeah, I, you know, I watched one of them as fantasy football um, shows back on YouTube, and they don't, they don't. Age well, I'm afraid. No, the nineties, no. the nineties was bad, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, there was there there was some bullying and some blackface and some bullying and blackface at the same time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was uh, loved it at the time. Was, loved it at the time. time, guys. Yeah, different time. different time. Yeah, I loved it at the time. I'm not going to deny that. I loved fancy football, but yeah, they did try and bring it back a few times, didn't they? And it didn't work. But anyway, uh, we digress as always on this pod. Um, so uh, let's start off with uh, with the. Uh, news of the week so it's from the stands of Villa Park so uh, only a couple of bits of, of news this week uh, I'd like to start off with the um, well let's start off with a tweet that came out or, or the article that came out from the official website on ticketing on home and away tickets um, so Villa getting a bit heavy handed <laughs> with um some strict rules around what you can and can't do with tickets home and away, what you can and can't do on a coach, um, on away travel, um, and uh, some strict uh, punishments as well. Um, fair to say it was, it was met with uh, mixed reactions, uh, wasn't it, AJ, um, from, from the fan base? And also a bit of miscommunication as well, because a lot of fans thought, oh, wait a minute, I can't give my ticket to a family member anymore. Uh, but that, that isn't the case. Yeah, I, I think it was handled pretty poorly in terms of the communication and, and we were back and forth a little bit on it on the on the WhatsApp trying to figure out what we, we could and couldn't do with the various season tickets that we've got <laughs> between us. Um uh, so I think a lot of fans were in the same boat. I think there has been a bit of clarification on on some of that. And I kind of get where the club are coming from on the on the tickets. You know, if you get like if you think about away tickets in particular, they're really hard to get your hands on. Uh, and I could see why they want to make sure from all kinds of for all kinds of reasons that the people who are supposed to be getting those tickets are getting them. Uh, and if you aren't someone who has gone to all of those games, but your mate has, then, you know, that the next person in the pecking order should be the next person down the list in terms of how many games they've gone to. I can see where the club are coming from from that. Yeah, I, I, I think what is a bigger concern to me is the stuff around season tickets and their drive to try and get you to sell it back to them so they can then sell it on 
basically a 20 uh, 20 premium yeah uh and it's effectively like the club are acting like Seatwave or someone and kind of scalping their own their own fans but i feel like if you've bought a season ticket and you want to you know pass it on to a mate and ask them for face value for it or you know even a little bit a little bit more because it's still cheaper than buying a a match ticket an individual match ticket for the person who's picking it up you know that's that's what has always happened with season tickets and i don't see that it's a problem for the club for that to continue because um it, it, you know they've already got the money for that seat from the season ticket holder now you don't want fans which is seems to be more what they're really being aggressive and clamping down on going on and you know charging extra uh, yeah. to try and make money back or or even worse you could be in a situation where actual genuine scalpers are buying season tickets just on the basis of then selling on individual tickets i can see that they want to avoid that um but i think they could have managed the whole thing uh better to make sure it was clearer and i think some of the rules are a bit over the top to be honest perfectly summed up i think um yeah so, yeah I, I, can't, I can't really argue with with any of that that's exactly where, what i feel about it I, and i think it's yeah, I get it. it's a difficult one for the club, and I, I don't like this rule where you can only resell once it's sold out as well. Because you know we might not, we're not, yeah. You because know, even if it's like a, I've, I've looked at it before. You know, if you feel like if there's twenty tickets left, you still can't sell it back to the club. Yeah. You have to wait till those twenty tickets are gone. So it's not ideal. It's not. It's not the worst thing ever in the world. But I just think it could have been handled better. Um, right, and also the other part of it is you want to have bums on seats. Like if someone can't go, uh, and you're saying you can't sell on your ticket via the official channel. Um, then it, is it better to have an empty seat in the ground? Because that, you know, everyone takes the piss out of Man City for their empty seats. That's often what happens. Most of those seats at Man City are sold. Yeah. But, it, you know, it's not easy for them to sell on spares and things like that because they have some of the same similar rules. Yeah. Uh, so their official attendance is always higher than the people in the ground. My uncle, who's a season ticket holder, always tells me that because season ticket holders can't shift their shift their tickets and they can't go every week necessarily. Mm, I think yeah, I think yeah. probably they can't shift their tickets because partly because they haven't got enough fans to buy them. I think that's a, a, a probably <laughs> worth mentioning at that point. But no, I, I agree with what you're saying, and I think that uh, you know a lot of people will buy season tickets knowing, of course, there's always going to be you know in most people's lives uh, looking through the the season, looking through the calendar, you know, two, three, four games that you know due to things that happen, you 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 know you can't make, and it, the idea that you you know, particularly as for a lot of people buying these season tickets, it's a it's quite a decent outlay. And the idea that you uh, can't get a a, a, few, a couple of quid back when you can't go, when you're actually doing someone else a favour by giving it to them at a price lower than they'd be um, able to uh, buy for anyway, I think is 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 absolutely fine. And it's I think it's a bit it seemed very heavy handed, didn't it? Um, and talking yeah. about the bands and the whole season on the third offence stuff, it's just. I just thought the tone of it was uh, was a bit wrong because at the end of the day, we all bu- we all buy our season tickets because we want to support the club. But you know, there are times when, for whatever reason, you can't get up there. Yeah, no, yeah, I agree. I agree with uh, all those points. Yeah, yeah, um, not well handled, um, a bit heavy handed. I think that's what we take away from it. All um, moving on to the next bit of news, and again, I don't want to labour this point because we talk about injuries all the time. But news has just come out this evening that. Looks like Bailey's going to be out for a few weeks, which uh, I'm not surprised about given he went off injured um, after his cameo against Everton. 
Well, it looks like he'll be touch and go for the Wolves game, which basically means he won't be back till next year at some point. Um, it was a bit of confusion. Uh, sorry, Sanson also out for for a month apparently as well, which is a shame because and we'll talk about we'll talk about this later on. Uh, but we thought I think we all thought his first half performance was was very good, and uh, it's a shame that he's got injured again. But just quickly on Bailey, uh, we we talked about it off air and on on WhatsApp. There was a bit rumor going around that he'd ruptured his. Um, his quad, which uh, was a cause for concern, but I think it was a poor choice of words in the end. Uh, so it looks like a strain, which probably is a like maybe three, four weeks out uh, maximum. So yeah, not great, not ideal, but not as bad as as was being rumoured on uh, on Twitter. Um, and then last bit of news, uh, which will move us nicely on to last night's game, is uh, obviously Villarreal the uh, the Carabao Cup, uh, but. Uh, an excellent performance by a mixture of youngsters and, and sort of, uh, say, second team players was is probably the best way to put it. Although, obviously, you know, some of those players are trying to get into the first team as well. But, you know, definitely a, a weakened side compared to Chelsea's side, which was weakened, but they still had some star players there as well. Um, and we'll talk about that game in a second. Uh, but, yeah, it's a shame we're out on penalties um, out of the Carabao Cup. Would have been nice to get a cup run. Um, I don't know how about you guys, but I'd much rather... Go go deep in the cup and or tr- you know try and win the cup then uh, finish eighth ninth seventh even um, that that that's what matters more to me is, is trophies but um, let's get your thoughts on the game uh, AJ you first um, what what your general general feelings after the match how are you feeling uh, after the game gutted that we lost or or buoyed by the performance yeah d- disappointed that we lost and and on that point around. Um, wanting to win a trophy i i just felt we left the bench a little bit light and that made that made a difference i, yeah. I get you know there were players in there that needed minutes we wanted them to play uh, and i get you know giving the younger players an opportunity in the league cup makes makes sense you know the league in many ways is always going to be the priority from a financial point of view and all of that so fair enough but i just felt you know one of the two senior strikers on the bench um could have made a difference you know and if you'd had ings taking one of those penalties maybe instead of marvelous uh then it could have made a difference but but that aside a hugely encouraging performance um i thought we passed the ball really well i as you've touched on already i thought sanson uh was great in the first half and really was starting to show um what we were all hoping he could be in in terms of a, a of a player and of course the young players again just continue to astound really I, I thought Carney was a little bit quiet when he first came on and a, a little bit out, out of place maybe he's normally playing in that role when Dio was in um as opposed to playing as a as more of an eight but I felt he he grew into the game Cameron Archer was excellent probably should have scored one of the two chances he had in the first half as as well but um you know it, you'd be a harsh critic to to hold that against him he's, he's currently our top goal scorer in all competitions um mm. for for the senior team so um, considering he was at Solly or Moors last season, is that's quite quite a step up. Um, so yeah, and and again, the Chelsea team, you know, they they're bringing a hundred million pound striker off the bench. What did Werner cost him? He was seventy million. Their sub goalie is seventy million. They've got Kante starting in midfield, who's arguably the best six in the world uh, at the moment. So yes, they were weakened, but to come from behind, away from home. Uh, and hold them to a draw and, and only lose that game on on penalties. I think was a phenomenal a phenomenal um, performance, and I'm just very encouraged by similar to the Everton game. 
the way we the way we played, the way we passed the ball, um, we look a very different side uh, to the one we look, we were last season. Yeah, and no, I agree. Um, Sam, your thoughts on how our second string side performed then? AJ's alluded to it as well there in terms of the actual performance levels, the passing. Um, you know, again, you know, we've seen it so many times in the past with Villa teams, especially especially in recent years where we changed the whole 11 and it just looks like a mishmash of players that don't know how to play together. Um, but how how encouraging is it that the fact that we matched, not only matched uh, the Chelsea sort of second string side, although as you mentioned, there's a few good first teamers in there, but but probably outfought them and probably deserved to win in the end. Absolutely. I, I thought it was really, really encouraging and heartening to see us create so many chances, just like we did in the league game. Um, of course, only, uh, you know, this time we managed to convert one of them. And it, what a finish. What I mean, the way he's met that header and smashed it into the top corner. You know, it was a beautiful ball in as well. And I know that, uh, you know, Kashi smashed one in, in the, uh, at the weekend. But before that, you know, we were saying how his final ball and the, and the crosses into the box weren't up to much. But he really has picked him out with that cross. And and, and the way he's taken that header on, smashed it into the top corner, absolutely fantastic to see. It can only do in the world of good for his confidence, I think. Um, and yeah, there were another couple of chances on, on another day. He might have got a, a brace or even a hat-trick. But I think he scored the most difficult chance of, of, of all of them for me. Um, mm. so, so that was fantastic to see. Uh, I was, I, you know, as you say, Omar, you know, we, it, we, you wouldn't really necessarily call them fringe players, but they're, they're players that want to be in the first 11 and are trying to make an impression. And they're players that we absolutely will be using in the first 11 this season in the shape of Nakamba, who, you know, I think that his energy is fantastic. He does the ugly stuff. And uh, his, I think his passing economy is really good. I know that he does go sideways probably a bit more than you'd like. He's, he doesn't progress the ball as much as we'd like. But I think that what I think I think he's got I think he's got better. better yeah, I, I agree. Better, yeah. I agree, and I think that he's um, definitely improved over the the last season and a bit. So that was really good to see. I thought Traore just is sort of improvisation. Mm. Just he gets the ball. They don't really know which way he's going to go. Um, he can feed a pass. That he 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 can thread a pass through the back four. You know, he can do the unexpected. I love watching him. And, uh, you know, it, it can be a bit inconsistent, but I thought that he was a, a constant thorn in their side before he went off hmm. last night. Yeah. But I think for me, the most impressive lad, I mean, Powell's was unbelievable. You know, he was absolutely mm. uh, dominant in the air. And I think that when they when Lukaku's warming up, we're thinking, oh, hello, they're bringing on a 100 million striker. We saw what he did in the league game. That tackle that Howes put in on him was immaculately timed. The sort of thing you'd probably expect to, more to see from Consa or, you know, uh, Beresi. Uh, it was a beautiful, <laughs> it was an absolutely beautiful tackle, so well-timed. And for two million quid, he's never let us down when he's coming yeah. to the side. And I, if anything, he's showing he's, he's showing the levels. I, I've got, I, I'm sure Smith has got no qualms about slotting him in for Twanzebi at the weekend. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, he really has earned his place. He's a, I think he's a fantastic centre-half to have on the bench because he's just Mr. Dependable. The only thing I would say is that um, for me, I did say this after the um, Brentford game, that we got into a lot of good positions, uh, you know, in transition in particular, and the ball would drop into, be pa passed into Buendia in the in the number 10 role. And there were far too many occasions, notwithstanding the nice goal that he scored, there were far too many occasions when it's broken down, either because he's taken a heavy touch and he's been dispossessed because he's not the biggest lad, or is passing just, you know, he wasn't quite able to pick out a teammate. And that happened a lot again last night. 
And he's our record signing. And I think we're all looking to him to, uh, you know, perhaps fill a creativity gap that, you know, we all thought would be there, but I don't think it's being, so, being such a problem uh, as we might have expected. And, uh, I, you know, I think we, we're all hoping that there's more to come because at the moment he doesn't look like a £38 million player. He looks quite a way off it. And I wouldn't be putting him in my starting eleven on Saturday. I think I'd be going, you know, pretty much with the team that uh, Smith's been using over the last few weeks. Um, with, bring House in, but for me, Buendia, he's he's got a lot to prove before we can say that he's a guaranteed start. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, um, you know, we talked about this this as well in the group, and yeah, I, th- I think in terms of output, uh, obviously score that goal against Brentford, which, which, you know, you can't really argue with, you know, the, the fact he's it's done good that. Strike. He's got us a point. Good strike, yeah. But, yeah, I think you're right. There's, there's, he's obviously, you can see he's annoyed with himself. You know, he, he he's not he's not getting to the level that he knows he can play at. But I suppose a bit, it reminds me a bit like, um, AJ, a bit like James Milner when he came back permanently to, to Villa in that first, in that second spell where for the first three or four months, he, he was quite a frustrating figure. Fans were getting a little bit on his back, but he never stopped working. Never stopped working hard, and, and Buendia, even on even last night, you know, Sam spot on in terms of his his uh, on the ball, in terms of his passing, in terms of his output. But he, he hustled and harried Chelsea massively, and I oh, think yeah. he did set the tone. Without the ball, he I, I think he was phenomenal last night. Like his pressing um, was incredible, uh, and you know he must have run an awful lot of of yards and you know historically his output has been good even his last season in the Premier League in a very poor Norwich side he still had very good output as we we talked about when we were signing him and looked at some of those stats uh, and how they compared to to Grealish and and so on so I I do expect him to come good on on that front I think his numbers in the past have been too good for him not to get Against and and too consistently good for him not to get somewhere near that level. But I agree with Sam that he's he's nowhere near it at, at the moment. And whether that's just a lack of game time or you know integrating into a new squad or you know he's obviously had a tough time going to and from Argentina and Croatia and ferrying all over the world and all of that. So you know there's plenty of mitigating circumstances there. But he he you you don't spend thirty eight million pound on a creative player. It's because they're good at pressing, at pressing the ball. Um, so we are looking for more, but it's not something at this stage that I'm worried about, especially because we haven't been struggling to create when he hasn't been in the team anyway. So it, it, I guess there's a bit less pressure on him in in, yeah. in that regard. Yeah, it's not like we've had a consistent run of games where we've had the same lineup he's got to know his teammates and, and all that good stuff as well so and, and for him as well he's been in that side as well so uh, especially with the Argentina thing as well so yeah it's one of those yeah I'm not uh, as you say it, yeah I'm, I completely agree with you Sam bang on I think um, uh, but it's not a quarter concern just yet uh, at all um, just just quickly before we finish off on the uh, on the Chelsea game um, I we I did get managed to get a few post-match thoughts from from the guys who were at the game Including our very own Chadzi, who's back uh, for the, for this week, and hopefully we'll be back now and again with his thoughts. Uh, and he was at the game as well, so uh, I'll put that in now. So uh, please enjoy the thoughts of uh, of our of our usual crew plus Chadzi and and the match against uh, Chelsea last night. Just on the way back from Chelsea, great night following the Villa. Can't ask for any more. 
from the lads, from Smith, from the squad. I thought it was another brilliant performance from the team. The lads that got the opportunity to play showed character, showed that Smith can rely on them and repay his faith and the trust in him. Some such brilliant, promising performances from Archer, Chuppermaker, Villagine Badace when he came on. Obviously, Courtney House did a great job, Axel looked good. Everyone had a good night, really, apart from probably Al Ghazi, who was a bit soft, and Ashley Young, probably not his best night, but just a superb team performance. Some of the football they played, so encouraging. The character they showed, like I said, to want the ball on the half turn, some of the flicks, some of the touches, some pretty resilient defending at times as well. And obviously, hasn't gone our way on the night with the penalties. Bit surprised to see Nakamba stepping up. There's no no way he's scoring that penalty in him. If he takes it another hundred times, so very surprising to see him step up. But in a way, you can't blame Smith for protecting the young lads. And um, fans were brilliant, team were brilliant. Result hasn't gone our way, but lots of encouraging signs, and the future is very very bright. So brilliant night out in uh, West London and. Forward to seeing them getting a result on Saturday of the Villa. Hi guys, KT Villa. Um, I really, I really don't know how to feel about um, about the game. Um, <laughs> sounds a bit weird, but you know, I've got just got really conflicting emotions. I'm really proud of the way that they played as a team um, with some notable performance. I thought. The way that um, Nakamba played, you know, he had a couple of dodgy touches, but he was absolutely everywhere. Uh, and his attitude is just something that I think is is infectious um, and um, really can see him becoming a, a fan's favourite with, with stuff like that, the penalty, the penalty aside. But um, so, yeah, I mean... Given the youth that we had out and when you look at Chelsea's second eleven, which is probably should be a top six at least team in itself, um, you you really can't criticize uh, a one all draw at all. Um the only thing for me is why did we not have Ings or Watkins on the bench? Um it's just what ifs, like for that last fifteen minutes to come in on you know, when we were lagging, we needed some fresh legs and that that instinctive finisher um, on the pitch. It, it would have been nice in the way that they, they obviously brought Lukaku on. Um, that said, I mean, apart from the penalty, Lukaku didn't really have that much to make an, uh, time to make an impression on the game because I thought Courtney House did brilliantly against him and that tackle when he was through was was really something else so hopefully you know he can kick on as well and and when console and mings can't play and and house and Terzebi come in we're not thinking oh god like weak link in the center of the park we're thinking now that they'll be able to do a job and genuinely i'm feeling more confident than i've felt in backup center halves for quite some time um for you know the atmosphere was was great we we didn't stop singing for for 90 minutes 
um and that's you know typical villa away crowd um you know you could hear us you could only really hear chelsea when when they scored or uh, and and at the end so yeah it was it was a really great crowd and really great atmosphere to be in um really disappointed for Sanson. I'm not sure how long he'll be out, but I thought he did really well while he was on the pitch. Um, he was the sort of eight that we need. Uh, he was getting in there covering the uh, wing backs and, um, sorry, the centre backs. And he was also uh, making some good forward runs. So he really was that sort of box to box midfielder that he'd been sold as. Um, so let's, let's hope um, that that he, he isn't out for too long. Um, for I, I disagree with, with what people are saying about Steer, that he went too early and, and all of that. I think people don't really realise how difficult it is to, to react you know, instinctively. It's not Sunday league where you, you've got time to anticipate. Um, you either have to go one way or the other. Uh, and, and I think... Given his heroics against West Brom, um, you know he he is he is a good sh- shot stopper. It just didn't go our way last night. Um, Ashley Young had a bit of a poor game, all in all. I know he was up against um, up against some good players, but you know I just I didn't think I felt a bit um, worried on the one on ones against him. And and although he did step up to take a penalty. You know, it was just a shame that it finished that way. But he's a professional guy, isn't he? He'll come back stronger from it. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't want to moan too much, but I just wish we'd put a couple of the big guns on the bench to give us more of a chance. I think to expect Archer to play 90 minutes was um, was harsh. But what a finish it was. Um, you know, he, he really could be a, a, a decent player once he's he's booked up and got, got used to the to the level. Um, so yeah, I, I would give Nakamba man of the match. Like I say, he, he was he was everywhere. He made a mistake and he went back, ran twenty yards, recovered the ball, um, which is exactly what we want to be seeing and the sort of spirit that permeates through the team. So yeah, a little bit disappointed. Um, and of course, going out on penalties is heartbreaking. But really proud of the guys. On to a big one on Saturday. See you then. Hi, it's Danny here from the Bedford Lions. Um, it's literally just gone midnight. We've just got off the train and we're at Luton Airport Parkway. Um, so it's been a long day for us, but um, I think that was a really, really good game. Look, it went down to the last kick of the ball, the literal last kick of the ball against the current champions of Europe with a heavily rotated squad. And I'm just super, super proud of the performances of uh, some of our younger members of the squad. Um, So, yeah, I mean, some of the the choices in the squad to take the penalties, um, well, perhaps not uh, what we would have expected, but then again, I kind of respect the decision not to put that pressure on any of our younger players so I did expect the senior players to to step up and do that it's just a shame that the, the execution wasn't there it was uh we I don't think anybody really expects the the likes of uh marvelous Nicambra to be able to uh be putting away spot kick so um that, there is that and I did just see his tweet on the train home where he apologized 
um, for, for letting us all down and, and, and I really don't think that's the case. I think actually Marvis Nakamba put in a solid, a solid, solid 90 minutes. He, he was, he's been an absolute gem tonight and um, I, I really hope he doesn't take it too hard because, um, you know, going out to penalties is, is just really cruel but um, considering um, we, we held Chelsea one all to the end of the game um, I think I think everyone should be absolutely proud and just a mention for Cameron Archer's header which was superb down the shed end and uh, the limbs were absolutely biblical uh, luckily I was uh, in the shed upper and I wasn't involved in all of that fracas getting lobbed downstairs or anything like that but uh, another classic villa away day where we've not come away with the result we wanted but just you know we've played our socks off and uh, yeah I'm super proud um, special mention as well to that really nice Chelsea bloke who spoke to us in the backies in Kensington he was telling us we're the best fans they've had down there for a long 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 time uh, but we know that anyway up the villa I'll uh, see everybody on uh, Saturday in Manchester well, boys, um, there we have it. Um, some interesting thoughts there uh, from from the guys. Uh, I think fair to say everyone's pretty buoyant after after last night, especially for our for our youth players and, and the likes of Archer, who's literally, you know, not literally, sorry, he's, he's sort of come out of nowhere, hasn't he? Because you know he was one of these players where we thought, you know, it was a sort of a trod, well trodden path where they do well at youth level, don't quite make it to the first team, and then eventually get farmed out on loan, and then eventually do go permanently, and that that seemed like to. to the way it was heading for him, but him for him to come in against Barrow, score the hat trick, and now make a name for himself, and now become a third choice striker, and, and look good doing it. Not just you know, not just scoring his random goals against poor teams, but actually his general play as well. I think um, I just did a bit of view, and I said he, he reminds me a bit like Tevez, you know, that sort of terrier like. You know, he's short, but he's stocky, um, and he and he, uh, he puts himself about a bit, and he's quick, and he and he's obviously can finish. And I, I do think those those chances he missed. Yes, you know, you would like to score one of those but I do think Keeper did fairly well on those as well but um, overall boys before we move on to the next one fairly happy with, with last night even though we've we've lost and, and AJ sorry I do agree with you about the bench as well sorry I forgot to mention yeah I think you know the, the all I think that we, it was excellent and uh, the other thing about Cameron Archer is the two chances that he missed he's trying to dink it isn't he I think it just shows yeah. it. He he's got the, he's got the confidence to do it. You know, he's not just thinking, I'm going to swing my leg at this and cross my fingers. You know, he's actually got the confidence to try and pick a spot, do, a dink at it. I, you know, I think he's he could potentially be the real deal. Let's see how it goes. He probably needs a loan. Would you agree? I don't know. I don't know. It's hard Keen to say. Keane never went it's, out on loan, did he? Just, Keen never went out. Yeah. yeah. Well, he was, he yeah. was going to go this season, wasn't he? He was going yeah. to go to Stoke, but then he got injured. So... I mean, I think with Wesley gone, Davis injured, some games we're playing two up top. I, you know, I think he's got a chance on yeah. the fringes. So I he's, think he's, he's a, he's a he little bit different open. as well, I think. He's a, he's a, I think yeah. he's a good backup for Watkins. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying he's at the same level or anything like that. No. You know, we just go purely on, on cup games. And it's a shame we're not in the cup still because he could have got some more game time, I think. But I think he's a, he's a good... He's a good backup option for Watkins. You know, someone who works hard, runs the channels, yeah. gets in good scoring positions... Um, yeah, but yeah, um, yeah, I'm quite quite happy with that anyway. But uh, let's move yeah. on and uh, let's move on to hero and villain of the week.
Um, so here are the week. Uh, so this is normally Carl's bit, um, and I wasn't going to do it, but then Carl last minute said, "Look, I've already picked my 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 choices." So uh, thanks, Carl, for for phoning it in. Um, but <laughs> can you do it in his accent? Can you do it in his accent, please. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Uh, <laughs> Uh, no, no. <laughs> that's what I got. One. <laughs> it's all right. It's good enough. Brilliant. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say now. Uh, yeah, so here are the week he's gone for, and this will move us nicely on. Almost like we planned it uh, to uh, the game against Everton, and his hero of the week is uh, Leon Bailey for his twenty minute, twenty one minute cameo. AJ, your thoughts on the uh, Everton game and, and Leon Bailey's performance in that in that brief spell? Well, I'll start with Leon Bailey, and he was excellent, wasn't he? Um, I thought he basically got screwed over on the corner because that was on target for me, and it, maybe it just officially doesn't count as a shot if it's a corner. I don't, I don't know how it works, but you know, if that was a shot from a free kick in a similar position or whatever, I think he'd have been awarded that goal rather than an own goal. So he should have had two, really. Uh, the finish uh, for his goal was superb. Um, it sounds like that might have been how he injured himself. So perhaps yeah. he could, have, could have done with not willing it quite so hard. I'm but, 42. But the other he thing... shouldn't be doing that at his age. 42. And I do actually sometimes <laughs> injure myself kicking the ball. But, you know, at his age, it shouldn't happen. Mate, last time I played football, I, I, I pulled both of my hamstrings within about 10 minutes of playing. Both. Um, but, yeah. And, and also, I thought with that goal... Everything about it was great. The pass from Ings oh. was phenomenal. Uh, you, you could question uh, quite easily some of Everton's defending there because the space that um, Leon Bailey was left for a quick player was ridiculous. But the pass from from Ings with the outside of his foot, Lovely. you know, it, 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 if if a, a De Bruyne or, dare I say, a Grealish had done that, uh, you know, the the pundits would be all over it for, for weeks, uh, but, you know, didn't really get, get a mention. But the first touch with his head, really good, controlled header, perfect, perfectly placed for him. And then just the way he waited for it to drop yeah. on the half volley and just sort of ping, pinged it in with a really sweet strike was... Uh, was really good. Uh, was really good to see. And it's also an example. Actually, I had a little uh, look at his stats for the game. It's also an example of um, where stats don't tell you everything. Because if you just look at his stat, like his pass completion was rubbish, and you know, it, it looks like he didn't have a particularly good game apart from the goal. And of course, the corner, you don't get an assist or anything for that because it was an own goal. Oh, did you not get an assist? Um, I didn't know that. No, you really didn't get an assist. No, it's an not assist. an assist. Oh. Um, so, uh, so yeah, it, it, apart from the goal, his stats didn't look brilliant, but in terms of the performance, um, yeah, really, really good, really encouraging, you know, off the back of his little cameo against Watford as well, which didn't have quite the impact on the same impact on the result, but looked equally as exciting. Um, it's just such a shame that he's now out until the end of October or whatever. It's I guess Chelsea yeah. gives the team. It gives the crowd and the team, the, the team, a clear lift when he comes on, you know. And the, and I think I think yeah. the, the, the defenders step back five yards because they know that that he's got the ability. If they get tight, to just go past them, and it just gives us that extra. We get it gets us a bit more up the pitch, and I, and it, I think it's really powerful. Obviously, to have him from the bench, but at some point we're going to have to start this kid. He's he's really good. Um, the other thing I'd say about the goal is I don't know about you, but for me the header was great. But you're just thinking the ball's sitting up too much, and he's going to put it over. And it was just he had that patience to wait that half second just to wait for it, and then put his foot straight yeah. through the ball. 
uh, it was great technique. And uh, obviously, it was just the, the roof came off the stadium, which was brilliant. Yeah, atmosphere seemed uh, electric, uh, especially after the first goal went in. Because it was a, a bit of a tetchy affair before then. It was sort of uh, almost like a boxing match where they're just sort of jabbing each other and trying to work each other out. And, and you know, a few, few good chances here and there, but you know, not, not, no one really quite hitting it uh, at the levels that you would think they would. Um, entertaining nonetheless, but then obviously Matt Cash's goal completely changes things. Um, and, and then obviously, oh, right there, Sam, having a... Sorry. Bottle of water. That's, that's going to go. Put yourself on mute when you're doing that, mate. <laughs> I do, do apologise. Sorry, listeners. That's uh, that's not him getting I battered. It's uh, him drinking, drinking an Evian bottle of water. But uh, um, <laughs> what was I saying? Oh yeah, just saying. Yeah, you know, that, obviously that goal lifted lifted the team massively. Um, and what a goal it was! And maybe we'll talk talk about Matty Cash and Poland in a second as well. But um, overall, you know that. That second half was was just a really enjoyable watch, and uh, the other thing I wanted to mention as well, you talk about pace there, AJ. Um, you know, Godfrey's not 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 slow play; he's one of the quicker defenders in the league, and and you know Bailey's got a lot to do there. First to control it, then to set himself, and even then shows you the pace he's got. The fact he's got oh, he's yeah. got so much time to hit that ball um, with Godfrey chasing him down that he still managed to get the shot off without without being tackled or even Godfrey getting near him. So yeah, exciting, exciting times. Any anyone else stand out for you uh, against Everton apart from apart from Bailey? Well, it's interesting. I was, I kind of felt uh, whilst we had that kind of burst and we ended up winning three 0 I kind of felt like the performance was not as good as the Chelsea performance. No. And I don't mean the League Cup Chelsea performance. I mean the, the the game in the league. And actually, if you look at xG, we generated less xG in the Everton game, one point three, than we did. Uh, against Chelsea now again it's a bit weird because we probably didn't get any xg for the corner that ended up going in and, and stuff like that so th there's some circumstances uh around that but I, I actually thought for a lot of the game we we weren't great I thought we passed the ball really well but we got when we got into that final third I thought we were, were poor for a lot of the game actually and one of the things I was gonna say uh what it was that a bit of a concern with the sort of three-five-two formation is: Are our fullbacks going to have the, the wingbacks are so important in that in that system creatively? Are they going to have enough of an output from those wide areas um, to deliver that? Now, Cash, Cash is a former winger. Obviously, he scored a goal, and he he kind of put a dampener on my analysis by that absolutely incredible cross he put in in the league in the league cup game uh for the goal but uh, before that his um his quality in the final third was was really poor some of his crossing was was poor and and target i think is even more of a, a concern in that a great defender but i think at home you know that that one of the things that I I think we might need to consider is Ashley Young, or even against weaker opposition, as we did in the second half when Bailey come on, effectively play Bailey as a a, a wing back higher up the pitch, just because I think we're going to struggle to get the quality of delivery that that we we need. And I also thought the game very easily could have got a, a different way. So you know, there's that Rondon chance where Gray played it across the the box and he's sliding it at the far post. I think if Calvert-Lewin is playing, Calvert-Lewin gets on the end of that and scores. Uh, and also Gray had that chance that he just didn't quite, he just didn't quite get enough bend on it just before we scored. And I think, again, if that goes in, 
it's a very different it's a very different game. So there are loads of positives, and obviously we've we've won three 0 so I was, del- I was delighted, and there's some great goals in there and all of that. But I think it's the kind of result where just like we didn't deserve to win three nil against that uh, lose three nil against Chelsea, I think winning three nil probably didn't tell yeah. the whole the whole yeah. story. One thing that did please me about it though, when we sort of talked about this in the Chelsea League Cup game, was the quality of the the passing and it was a very different game from Chelsea. We had fifty five percent possession and one of the things we've really struggled with over the last couple of years is breaking down teams who sit, come and sit with a mid or low block at Villa Park uh, and we, you know we struggled to, we struggled to play through those those teams but I thought we looked much better in terms of our build-up play it was just that final third when we struggled and just a, a couple of plays to, to pull out of that Ramsey completed 30 of his 33 passes as well as uh, having the, the most yards, progressive yards carried. Now, it was 126 where you'll remember that Grealish used to put up like 400 a game or whatever. So it's not, you know, out- outrageous amount of carries. But for a young guy coming into the team, um, he, you know, leading us in terms of progressive carrying yards and completing 30 out of 33 passes is great. Twan Zebi, uh, I've I touched on him Previously, and you know, ninety percent plus completion rate. He delivered that again. Forty out of his forty-four passes, including fourteen out of fifteen uh, passes. And, and I thought again in the League Cup game the other night, his passing was was excellent. And I think it's a real advantage in that back three now that we have Konsa, who's able to push out wide and, and push on. And perhaps his passing ability is not not as good, but it is is decent getting forward. Um, down the right, you've got Mings, who's obviously a, a, a bit of a better passer, but now you've got Twanzebi as well, um, who's able to play through the lines from the middle better than than either Mings or, or Concert. Uh, I think particularly impressive was that he completed 14 out of 15 long passes as well, so that's passes 30 yards or, or more. Very hard to, to do that. But the two in particular I wanted to, to call out were Louise and Nakamba. Nakamba we've talked about um, already. And actually, in the WhatsApp, when Nakamba came on, um, when McGinn went off, and McGinn should have gone off earlier for me, I thought, you know, Smith said in the post-match interview that there was a second incident. I don't know if anyone else saw a second incident. I didn't. Mm. I think they're trying to cover their backs there. Uh, To me, look groggy from the off. And football needs to do better on concussion. Uh, He needed to come off sooner. And but anyway, that's beside the point. We were talking in the WhatsApp about. Oh, I'm not sure about Nakamba here because I thought Louise had been excellent, and I think he was excellent in that six role against Chelsea uh, as well. Uh, And it was it was less a reflection on Nakamba than it was on um, me not wanting to move Louise from that from that position because to me. Early on, we controlled the game where the play was going through Louise and into the midfield. Um, and, you know, good moves start with Douglas Louise. That's that's going to be my new catchphrase. Give the ball to Dougie in that sixth position and he will start a good move. He will kick it off. And then we gradually lost control of the game and ended up going longer and longer because we weren't using Louise as our, our, our route out. And I, I didn't want to um, lose that. Uh, and I think, you know, we've said before, that sixth position in a three is where he looks his strongest. Um, he had 54 touches in the game, eight shot-creating actions, which is, you know, huge in a game, five key passes, which is like effectively an assist for a shot, so you're the immediate pass 
before a shot. And of course, what assist and what an assist it was as well. That little one-touch pass. The whole build-up for that cash goal was was sensational. Um, and just the, the weight of that pass on his wrong foot just to, to play it straight into Cash's path. And Cash was closely marked as well, was, was brilliant. And he also, on top of that, led the team in terms of tackles and interceptions combined with six as well. So phenomenal from, from Louise. But even when he moved into that more advanced position, my concern was that, that he tends not to be as strong there. But I think Nakamba was excellent behind him. And Louise did play well in that position. And uh, Nakamba actually completed 100% of his passes in that game. So we've talked about, are they always progressive passives? Yes or no. Um, But, you know, he's tidy. And he he, he did not give the ball away once uh, from from a pass. So um, I thought actually that change worked very well and occasional contributor to the pod Yaroslav was uh, quite right to um, call us out for our doubts on that substitution (laughs) because actually uh, it it worked really well so I I was really encouraged overall because it was evidence of us playing a different way a bit more possession and you know this idea that we can break down more stubborn uh, teams but I don't. I actually think the Chelsea game was a um, a better performance, which is is weird given we lost that one three nil and yeah. we won this one three nil. It's weird how that works in there with the results as well. Because I, I was I I didn't I was at another wedding um, on Saturday and um, I couldn't watch the game. Although I did watch bits of it during the wedding, and the groom did catch oh, yeah. me. Although he's my he's my close he's my close mate, so he, he didn't care. Um, but um, um. But I was looking at their feet, the sort of the reactions on Twitter, and, and at half time it was very, quite quite negative. I thought, um, mm. and and I watched, like I said, I watched bits of it. I didn't think it was that bad, but quite negative. And then suddenly the second half after we win three 0 it was like, oh, one of the best performances ever. Da 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 da. And I think people get carried away with the result. Where I think uh, you're completely right. The, the performance against Chelsea was much better, but obviously didn't get the same reaction. Although it did get a fairly positive reaction, but it's just the way football works, isn't it? I think. Uh, so, you know, suddenly Louise's performance becomes that much greater because we won a game. If we had drawn that game or lost that game and no one talks about it, uh, that's just the way football works. But on Louise, I, I just want to quickly mention that before we move on, Sam, I, I've been really, really impressed with Louise and I was worried, I'll be I'll be the first to admit it because I'm a big fan of Louise and I was a bit worried that he'd lo- sort of lost his way and, and he wasn't going to be up to up to the standards that we thought he was going to be uh, when he showed that good form. Um, but I suppose the beginning of last season, but also the end of the season before project restart yeah but he, he seems fitter to me he seems quicker to me especially going forward because he's had to get forward uh, a bit more than he has previously and especially against Everton as AJ mentioned he seems a m- much more progressive in the way he plays whereas before I thought maybe he was a bit, a little bit lightweight not quick enough he, he seems right yeah, up to it I mean he's been fantastic and I think that um, you know if he can keep those levels up then that's going to be instrumental in us potentially you know getting to that 55 point mark that we got to last year or, or even surpassing that. But I think we've happened on this 5-3-2 formation. And the beauty of it is that if you've got Mings, Konza, Swanzebe, they're th- three excellent defensive players, three brilliant fullbacks. And, you know, you've just highlighted there, AJ, um, you know, how they can play out with, uh, really well. And this, the, and this 5-3-2 formation means that we've got no trouble playing Watkins and Ings. Uh, and in the middle of the park, we've got McGinn, Louise, and maybe Ramsey, or, you know, Sanson, if he if he comes into the picture. Buendia could even could slide Buendia. in there. So yeah. you've essentially yeah. got a kind of middle sort of axis, if you like, of Mings, Concert, Tuanzebe, Louise, McGinn, 
Ramsey, Buendia, Watkins, Ings. There's quality right through the middle of the park there. Absolute quality. I think if we can get our wide players, you know, doing better numbers than they're doing, the the potential is clearly there for us to have a really good season because there's just such quality through through that spine, you know. Yeah, as I say, at, at home, especially against, you know, middling to weaker opposition, I see no reason why you couldn't play uh, Bailey uh, as the as the left wing back. And you could certainly play Young. I, I thought actually he was one of the poorest players against against Chelsea in the League Cup. But, you, you know, he's definitely got a good delivery. So if our issue is our wing backs aren't creating enough, then, you know, he, he's an option in that in that role as well uh so i think it's a good system um but but i also think you know there will be times when we can and should play a, a back four as as well uh, uh but it, it's great that we've got this system that that seems to be um seems to be working and i also think that has really helped louise as well because as i say i think part of where he struggles is when he's asked to play as a two in midfield um, and we talked a lot on the pod about actually how that doesn't really suit any of our midfielders um, yeah. because none of them are big and strong and really mobile. I suppose McGinn is, is quite mobile, but um, yeah, playing as a two doesn't suit them. And I think it brings the best out of Louise when he's in that six role and he's got two players in front of him who um, aren't too far away so he can pick a nice pass into one or the other of them or he can spin it out wide or, or whatever. It gives him more... Um, gives him more options, and he doesn't have to cover quite as much ground um, either. Yeah, I've been quite quite impressed with the, the shape of the three five two, and you, you talked about this last pod, AJ, a little bit as well. Mm. Um, because whenever I see three five two or five three two, I get sort of flashbacks back to Paul Lambert playing against Newcastle, and he was under the cosh a little bit. I don't know if you remember that when Newcastle just signed Sissoko, when we were we we were after him and we didn't get him, and Newcastle signed him, and I remember us playing Newcastle, and we got absolutely, we were pretty much sort of level pegging where we were both fighting against relegation and they absolutely battered us because we were playing this lot of sort of five at the back and our three were, were so deep and our two were so deep that it was just we were, it was like 10, 10 men back back, in, yeah. back against the walls and it was awful <clears throat> but I like the way that we're playing how because as you say you know the, we've got ball playing centre backs that Konza and Mings are almost playing like right back and, le- and left back uh, with mm. Louise sometimes tucking in starting that play and coming a bit more central and a bit deeper and then it allows our fullbacks to get higher up the pitch, and 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 I think you know Dino mentioned it on the uh, post match. You know, he, he he noticed how how high up the target was. That he thought, well, why not why not just put Bailey mm. there? You know, he's not not yeah. to do too much defending. And if we can if we can replicate that, and we did that, we sort of did that against mm. Chelsea as well. To be honest, even even away from home. So I, I just like the the patterns that we're we're playing with, the way that the players suit those types of positions. You know, Conda bringing the ball out of the right, playing that ball. Uh, along the floor as well, we're playing a lot more along the floor with, with players coming deep. One of Ings or Watkins coming deep to collect the ball. It ju- it just seems to work well. Um, uh, no, yeah, of course we're not going to use it for the entire season, but I think for now, it, it, as you say, we stumble upon something that works really well. And and you could potentially have a formation there that could get Ings, Bailey, 
Watkins, Bundia all in the side without having to sacrifice that midfield as we've talked about so many times. So yeah, no, really, really happy with that. Really impressed and feeling really positive. And and it's just a shame, you know, we we're sort of having a stop start season because we keep getting injuries and or or, or people yeah. getting arrested abroad and and, and the fixture actually, list but, is no good. You know, uh, we want to build we want to build on no, that Everton yeah. match, and unfortunately we've got to go to Old Trafford, which is going to be a tough ask. Yeah, which will. Which, which we there move on go. to. Nice, there nice segue there, Sam. There so, the nice segue. Pro. Obviously, again, an expert of pod segues, um, which brings us on nicely to the villain of the week. Uh, and uh, we've done hero of the week. Uh, and again, like I say, we almost like we planned it. We're going to talk about Man United game now. And in particular, we're not going to talk about any of the Man United players or the Man United team or the game really that much because, as I said to AJ off air, we can just sort of lift last year's pod and put it in place here because it's the same thing we're going to talk about the same head-to-head the same refereeing decisions the same penalties the same bad luck that we always seem to get but we're going to talk about mike dean because he's going to be refing the game and aj the first time i think ever on this pod or first time in any pod ever or aston villa pod anyway we've got some stats about a referee yeah, well, um, not loads, because they're actually quite hard to come by. There's a few sites that have started collecting them in the last season or two, but I had to go to gambling.com because obviously <laughs> your gamblers, they bet on things like the number of yellow cards in a game and stuff like that, don't they? So gambling.com had collected some stats from 16-17 season up until March of this March of this year. Uh, and guess what? Not only do Man United get a, penalty, a dodgy penalty against us every single bloody season or match it seems Mike Dean is the ref most likely in the league to give penalties uh, giving one every three and a half games or just under um, so the only the only other ref that's anywhere near to him although slightly behind is Michael Oliver uh, who, the, the ones you want uh, Atkinson and Mariner who are both more like seven games per penalty Mariner's a Villa fan is he? Oh, interesting. We'll never get him then. Yeah, he's a um, fan, yeah. So uh, one of the things that surprised me looking at these stats was just how big that variance is across the, mm. the refs because that just immediately suggests that the rules are not being consistently applied because across that amount of games from the 16-17 season all the way up to, to date, you were looking at like 25, 30, 40 games depending on the, you know the, the level of the ref because obviously some of them get more games than others. Um, so it's a decent sample size. So to have, you know, a couple of refs who were only giving one pen every seven games versus a couple of refs who were giving one twice as often, mm. um, it, it obviously just shows that they're not equally applying the, the rules in the same way. So that in, in and of itself is a is a worry. Uh, but the fact that we've got Mike Dean uh, going to Old Trafford is, is a particular worry. And also, he is the most frequent um, giver of both yellow and red cards. So he averages four yellow cards a game. No one, no other ref averages more than four. What is wrong four with a game? Um, I, know, I know. So uh, you know, it's not ideal going into a game where um, we have a history of um, having dodgy pens uh, being given against us. Having a, a ref who is both card happy. Um, and penalty giving happy. Uh, that's not a particularly elegant <laughs> phrasing, but you know you know what I'm saying. Um, so yeah, but very good of Carl to give Mike Dean villain of the week in advance of the dodgy penalty that is definitely going to be given uh, against us. On the other hand, maybe he'll give us 
a penalty? Uh, uh, it's no. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. Maybe yeah, we, maybe a red card. Maybe we'll finally get... Maybe it'll be a nice dodgy red card to make up for the one that Vidic never got in the League Cup final. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. and when they see years the ago, and Ronaldo will take it and they'll say, and Ronaldo, who else? Well, Bruno. <laughs> who else? Who else? Really annoying yeah. that. No, but one more, more, one more stat for you, AJ. Um, yeah, I did see on Twitter. I've just managed to find it. Aston Villa have only won two out of the last twenty-two games that Mike oh, Dean has refereed. Yeah, bad, it, isn't it? It was it was him celebrating against it. Tottenham, wasn't it? When they, they beat. Yeah. yeah, I was specifically looking for referee stats at a club level, so you could like look at. Mike Dean and our points per game when he's ref and all that sort of stuff. The only ones I found were kind of yellow red cards per game by uh, by ref and not actual results and things like that. So if anyone's got those or knows where to find them, then hit me up on the Twitter because I'll be interested to look at them. Yeah. Uh, on the plus side going into the game, I haven't looked at the head-to-head because, as you say, it's just too depressing and feel free to listen to the preview from the United game last season if you want to hear how <laughs> just how depressing those are, but I'm not going over it. Again, I'll start going over them when we when we win. Um, in terms of their form, they're obviously unbeaten in their first five uh, Premier League games. Uh, they've drawn one against Southampton uh, away at St Mary's. Um, and they didn't lose in the last two games of last season either. So they're, they're seven unbeaten in the league. But on the plus side, if you look at all competitions, they've lost two of their last three because they lost to young boys um, in the old uh, Wankdorf yes. uh, Stadium. <laughs> and... Um, uh, they also lost to West Ham in the League Cup uh, the other night. So um, I suppose a glimmer of hope that they have lost two of their last three games in all in all competitions. So if you look at it that way, their form's mm. not great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting, interesting. Uh, Sam, your thoughts on the match and predictions? Yeah, as well, I mean, I think we've got it. We've got our work cut out, haven't we? Is McGing? Is McGing I, I don't know if Smith said anything today. Yeah, he should be. He should be okay. back. Apparently, I wasn't he sure. Should be back. The apparently, concussion yeah. protocol would rule him out. But obviously, if he, if it hasn't, then that's a boost. Um, yeah, I think we'll probably play five three two. We'll be nice and solid. I think we'll we should, uh, you know, be able to cope in the middle of the part. I just think they're probably going to end up, you know, Ronaldo's probably going to score. Pogba, Pogba is probably going to be a little bit too good for us in the middle of the park. I I just don't expect that we're going to get anything out of the game. But what I do hope is that there'll be plenty of uh, encouraging performances and that we will do enough to kind of come out of there with that, you know, in, so that our momentum is still is still building. So if we can get out of there with a, a losing by the odd goal with a few decent performances in there, I'll take that. So I'm going to go for uh, 2-1 Man United. And I think Jacob Ramsey's going to score his first goal for the club. Nice. AJ? Well, uh, unusually positive for me, but I think Chelsea are better than United. And we went to Stamford Bridge and aside from our errors, um, I think we'd have probably got a draw in that game. Um, Errors both in terms of us not taking the chances. Again, we generated 1.5 XG and didn't score. Um, I, I don't think we would do that again. Uh, and all three goals, arguably, there were defensive errors involved, although obviously Lukaku was clinical um, as well. So I think we'll probably still lose, but I, I think we, we might nick a draw, you know. I think we might, you know, nick a, nick a 1-1. I, I suspect we won't, um, 
But I'm I'm gonna yeah stick my neck out on the old prediction and I'm gonna go yeah we'll get a one one draw. Nice. Yeah, I've I've Ooh. actually gone for a win. Um, and, Whoa! And, uh, one of us is right. I'll tell you why because. <laughs> Would you? Would you want? Hey, well, let's not forget how well I called. Let's how well I called it last week, lads. Come on, nice tight you game. Did. We've got too much off you the did. bench. Three 0 I think that's what I said. Yeah, it? three 0 I said too much off the bench as well. I was with you on that one. Yeah, but <clears> I, I actually think although we're missing Bailey, I would have been more comfortable with Bailey inside. I do think I have a feeling Troy is going to do something magical in this game off the bench. Um, so I think he might win it for us. So yeah, I'm going to oh, yeah. go two one. Hello. Fuck it. Let's go. Next in line. I'd love to. I would love to see it. Omar. Yeah, I hope me too. Right, mate. Me too. I hope so too. I hope so too. It's about time. It's about time. Well, thanks for that, boys. Uh, and uh, move on. Lastly, to our last segment of the uh, the pod. It's time for Villa Vault. Right, Sam. Right. What you got for us? Right. Right. What I've got for you here then. Okay. We're going back to uh, Christmas time. All right. 2014. God. All right. Uh, this one's at Villa Park. Okay. I'm not sure if that's in the rules of the vault. Does it have to be one at Old Trafford? No, no, no. You can do whatever. Do what you like, mate. Do what you like. Uh, this one's at Villa Park. Um, I- I'm trying to do something a bit more positive because obviously you have to really uh, trawl the vault to find uh, anything that's not a defeat. So... Villa Park, 20th of December, 14. Who reckons they know what the score was? Is this the... Well, was it... Yeah, I guess we... I think I know the result was gone. Hey, yeah. I've, I've got no more. I assume we didn't lose, given that preamble. Yeah, we didn't lose. <laughs> we, did, we, did, we certainly didn't win. <laughs> no, no, so I guess it was a draw. Was it 1-1? Was it 2-2, I think? What? It was 1-1 one, one indeed. One. All right, fair enough. Wow, pure guess. Obviously, I haven't remembered right. it. Pure guess. Okay, so who do you think got the goals, AJ? Educated guesswork. Oh, I, th- I remember it now. Sorry, I remember it now. Ah, uh, I don't know. 2014. Little chest. Right foot onto left foot. Nice little curler. No. Oh, got yeah, you've got it. You've got it, uh, Omar. Yeah, Benteke. Who got their goal? Oh God, now you're testing me. Oh God, I'm trying to remember now. I can't remember. Wasn't it Defender? Was it Defender? No, 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 oh, no. Was it Rooney? No, it was Falcao. Was it Falcao? Ooh. Oh, header. Yes, I remember it now. Yeah, yeah header. Uh, stick, sort of. He's back in La Liga banging him in, isn't banging he? Him in, yeah. Is he really? Yeah, yeah. Him he and is, yeah. Him and Bebe linking up. Yeah. Who for? Uh, is it uh, Real Vallecano? Uh, Vallecano, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. oh Vallecano, wow. Yeah. And uh, who got, who got oh, sent sorry, off? Sorry, Sam, Vallecano. I, I, I do apologise. <laughs> who got sent off? Real Vallecano. Who got sent off? Valencia. Nope. Was it a Villa player or? Yeah. Oh, was it? Oh, God. Villa player. I got sent off. It wasn't Grealish, was it? No. Um, no idea. Who got sent off? As usual. I'll try to remember now. Gabby. Gabby sent off. What did he do? Do you remember? What was he sent off? Did he dive? Off? Did he dive? Uh, let's have a look now. I don't remember that. Um, I remember him getting sent off. No, I can't. I can't find out. Wait, was it early doors? When did he get sent off? How have we managed 50, to get a draw 50, with ten men? 
58 minutes. 58 minutes, and we fouled on. What, oh, yeah. I remember, what I, remember we... I remember. It was a bad challenge. It was a bad challenge. <laughs> what order were the goals 50, in? 50-50. Uh, yeah, we were, we, were, we were ahead, and, and then uh, they oh, scored, and then Gabby got sent off. Um, yeah, of course. Good, Gabby. So, who was in goal? Who was in goal then for us? Two thousand fourteen. Guzan. Guzan. All right. Yeah. Defend back. Back four. Bakuna. Well, it's back five. Actually, it was back was five. It? Oh God. Was it Bakuna? Uh, no. Lotum. Because Bakuna was in midfield. Lotum was uh, right fullback. I'd say. Uh, Vlar, yeah, Clark, Baker. Clark plays, not Baker. Vlar, yes. Heard. No. Hughes. No, it's too late for Hughes, isn't it? You're about you're about ten years too late there, mate. I know, but da- you know what my memory's like. Danish. Akore. Oh yeah, Akore. Akore. Yeah. 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 Le- left uh, left wing back. Sissoko. Yep. Bakuna, you've mentioned. Who else played? Westwood. No. Oh, uh, Sanchez. Bannon. Sanchez played. Not Bannon. Sanchez Bannon left back then, I think. Sanchez Al Alhamidi. No. Uh, Gabby, obviously. Gabby. Benteke, obviously. Gabby Benteke. Oh, who else played? Would Wyman play? Yeah, Wyman played. Midfield, didn't he? He played number 10, maybe. I'm trying to think now. Yeah, that's it then, isn't it? Am I missing anyone? You forgot. No, Delph. Delph, of course. Ah. Uh, snake. Yeah. Snake. Snake. We forgot the snake. Um, that was a tough one. I can't remember that game that much at all. Come yeah. on, Omar. No, you're, a fellow sna- you're a fellow snake, fellow aren't snake. you? Yeah, I normally Sorry. So you should I normally remember every, every game with snakes involved. <laughs> Charles and Zogbier came on and Bakuna came on. Yeah, uh, that was that. So, um, yeah, and uh, they had some real crap players playing for them then. Uh, not Van Persie. Or he was all right. He was uh, decent, wasn't he? Yeah, right. yeah um, but they had some guy called James Wilson, Tyler Blackett. I mean, who are these lads? Uh, I'm starting to see why we got a draw. Yeah. 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 Um, but, yeah, no, that was a, a, a 1-1 draw, so a rare you know almost some sort of result against against them it just shows hope. it just shows doesn't you how depressing yeah. the whole history of it is when a 1-1 one, one home draw is our like a positive a positive one we, we have, well, oh, we, have this... we have beaten them away though we've beaten them away more recently yeah. we beat we beat my home so no, that's 2009 though wasn't it yeah 2009 yeah, yeah. gabby there's yeah. so much 3-0 4-0 you know it's just depressing Anyway, on, on that jovial note, yeah, <laughs> should have left it on. You should have left it on Omar's prediction. Yeah, I know. We yeah. should have. Yeah. Um, no, like, thanks. But how happy? How happy will we be next week, Omar, when your when your prediction comes true? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to put myself hero of the week if we if that prediction comes, comes yeah, true. I, and I, you'll have my full backing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we should have considered. We should have considered the Cortinas for villain of the week, but I suppose we moaned about that oh, last week. Yeah, not again. Let's well, not talk about. It. Let's not give him any publicity. No. Well, because also as a Warwickshire supporter, it's meant that Lancashire have had to play uh, at, in Liverpool, which has meant Lancashire have had a result because the pitch was ridiculous. Yeah. So now, how are Warwickshire going to do it tomorrow? That's the question. But that's probably that's probably for a, a different pod. For the Warwickshire pod. For the for the Bears pod. Is, yeah. yeah, when are we when are we starting that, Omar? I don't know, mate. <laughs> we should do that. We should do that. You uh, two can yeah. carry on with it. Start it now after this one. <laughs> not tonight. <laughs> no, let's not do that. Um, well, thanks, boys. That was uh, cheers. It was good. Yeah, 
it was good. I enjoyed that. Enjoyed that pod. Thank you. Um, thanks for all your thoughts. Um, some interesting tidbits there. Um, and uh, we'll be back probably Sunday um, with the post-match rant. So I get the guys again uh, to give their views. I'll try and get Jugsy and Chadzi to get their views in there as well, if possible. Always good to hear from them. And then uh, we'll be back with the BB boys. Hopefully Carl will, will be back um, with his hero and villain of the week. And he won't let me butcher it again like I did this week. Um, and uh, yeah, let's hope Let's hope my prediction's right. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. It's about time. It's about time I got something right. Uh, but thanks again, boys, for your time. Thanks for listening. Please do follow and subscribe to us on whatever podcast platform you're on. Please follow us on Twitter at Villa Podcast for all of those who still like us on Twitter after Carl's rant last week. <laughs> um, please do follow, follow us, you assholes. Follow us, you assholes. <laughs> follow us, you assholes. But yeah, uh, that, that's the real reason why Carl's not here. He's banned for, for a week yeah. for that. Um, but yeah, and uh, apart from that, oh yeah, sorry, before that, this pod is sponsored by Mebay Digital. So please do follow them as well. Um, use them for all the, any digital marketing needs that you got. They are genuinely excellent what they do in a local Birmingham-based business. Uh, and uh, yeah, apart from that, up the villa. Up the villa. Up the villa. I love it. I love it.